0: Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and I'm K.A. Owens, and uh, we're broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is 106.5 FM Forward Radio, and guess what, folks? Uh, we're coming up uh, on our five-year birthday. And so we went on the air April 9th, uh, 2017, and we need your help to keep us on the air for another five years. Uh, We're having a pledge drive from March 27th until April 9th. We need to raise $5,000. You can pick up on some fabulous, one-of-a-kind thank-you gifts when you donate at forwardradio.org, only during the drive. And then on Saturday, April 9th, from 1 to 4, At the Tim Faulkner Gallery, we're going to have a fifth anniversary party with food, drinks, live music, and speakers. Don't miss it. And the Tim Faulkner Gallery is located at 991 Logan Street in Louisville, Kentucky. So that's where the great free party is going to be from 1 to 4, Saturday, April 9th. So, uh, folks, you know, this is Women's History Month, and we've got a great guest here for you today. We've got Pam McMichael uh, here with us today. Say hello to the people, Pam.
1: Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Thank you, K.A.
0: So, Pam, uh, correct my history. You're one of the founders of the Legendary Fairness Campaign.
1: I am one of the co-founders.
0: And then you worked for uh, KFA, KFA, uh, Kentucky Fairness Alliance, the responsibility was sort of to work statewide, and then it was that organization was folded back into the Fairness Campaign. And then, uh, 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 notably, um, amongst other things, I mean, you also uh, were the director of uh, 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 Highlander. High, the Highlander uh, down in uh, Tennessee, and a lot in between, and now you're doing so many wonderful things for the uh, poor. People's campaign. So, uh, welcome to our show. I'm sure I've, I've left some things out. But uh, so, Pam, uh, we're just blessed and favored to have you here for our, our Women's History Month uh, uh, program. Uh, so, how did Pam McMichael get to be Pam McMichael? I mean, uh, are you from Kentucky? Uh, did you go to school here? How did you evolve?
1: Well, Okay, I come from a long line of storytellers, so that's a dangerous question. Um, but first, before I briefly answer that, let me just say again, I'm really pleased to be here. Uh, congratulations to Forward Radio for the five-year anniversary. These milestones are awesome to celebrate. And also, considering Women's History Month and the week that we've had this week, I just want to take a moment to send solidarity greetings to Katanji Brown-Jackson. What a lesson and racism and white privilege that the country has seen and some of the um, ways that some of the senators treated her and uh, how fortunate we would be to have her on the U.S. Supreme Court. So I want to send solidarity greetings her way. And, you know, I, uh, I had a moment where I was like, oh, I, I, I turned it on, and I was like, I can't stand to watch this. I can't stand to watch this. And I thought, if she has to endure it, we need to watch it too. So just hope that that all goes through. And um, so uh, jumping into your question, I am a rural Kentuckian. I come from uh, farm and factory roots. I uh, grew up in central Kentucky and very much schooled and raised in the golden rule that treat people like you want to be treated. My parents lived it, they talked it, they modeled it. And so that opened a lot of doors for me as a young rural kid. Um, they both crossed the color line in their factory jobs. And so in the early 1960s, I had a different kind of race experience than a lot of kids had in terms of uh, people meeting each other as people. I'm not saying I didn't grow up. We all grew up in a racist society and we get those messages everywhere we turn. Um, I think also as a as a strong girl child who just wanted to do things, you know, it's also March Madness. And women's women's basketball is also part of this long trajectory of opportunities for women. And so I wanted to shoot basketball with my cousins and and uh, also play with dolls. I wanted to do it all. So had a lot of permission to be that kind of strong girl child. And I guess the other thing that was really informative, K.A., is that I really had a sense of the haves and the have-nots. And as an adult, You know, also just paying attention to that and starting to understand the structural issues. I worked in social services that was very informative about race and class and gender. And so um, I've just been fortunate that the people I've met along the way, I tell everywhere I go, I say that I was schooled by the black and white leaders in the Kentucky Alliance Against Racist and Political Repression. Shout out to Carla Wallace for my introduction to international solidarity and the role of the U.S. and, and the international, um, the, sh- the shenanigans that the U.S. has pulled. And um, so those, that's a short story.
0: Well, I do remember we were at a, uh, a fundraiser, an activist fundraiser, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of chit-chat that goes on at parties, and Pam McMichael was the only person in the room who had played organized sports at the high school and college level. So you might want to share, what, what was that like? Uh, and what were those sports again?
1: Well, I played uh, I played basketball in college. I only got to kind of shoot around with people in high school because we didn't have a team yet. But I did get to, um, uh, you know, um, I kept pushing for it. So... Um, my high school actually just produced the uh, the the Miss Kentucky basketball is from Anderson County High School. Shout out to her. Okay, that's my high school. And um, um, but in college, I played basketball and volleyball. And uh, somewhere along the way, ka, I lost a I lost a box of uh, trophies or plaques in five different sports. It feels like a past life right now.
0: Okay, but
1: uh, it you know that the, the the yeah just that. I grew up with a lot of cousins, so we played a lot of team games. And so, it's
0: so important for kids to participate. Now, in uh, of course, in uh, another one of the issues that's is sort of being uh, thrown out there to excite people is sort of trans uh, sports, uh, trans uh, folk playing sports, and uh, and most people just want to participate. Most people are not going to the Olympics. Uh, most people are not even going to have the opportunity to play college. So people just mm-hmm. want to participate, particularly at, uh, you're talking about middle school and uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, the kids just want to play. Let the kids play and don't worry about, uh, 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 you know, whether or not they're, they're trans or not. Why why take that opportunity away from a child? I mean, uh, I. When I went to high school, not uh, uh, graded or organized sports, uh, went out for the basketball team, got cut, was allowed to run JV track, but wouldn't trade the experiences. That is, if I had to do over again, I would go out for uh, 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 football and baseball just for the experience, Uh, uh, you know, just to meet people and and just go through the process because it's valuable for kids to just participate so uh remember for jv track that's what it was that, you know if you if it's varsity track you get a letter uh this big and then folks you have to use your imagination but if it's a jv letter it's it's like half the size so, so it's I, I, I always thought it was kind of funny when people would actually buy a letter jacket and and put the jv letter on it because uh, like the jv letter is so small compared to the varsity letter but the reason they did it it's because they were proud that they participated that's, right. that's why they bought a letter jacket and put the the JV letter on it cuz they were proud of that they you know participated but uh uh so I still have my my JV letter somewhere but uh uh but yeah I wouldn't trade it yeah uh I was at the uh uh the new track and field facility we have in Louisville, built by the Urban League, and I was walking around the new track and I was sharing with someone just how terrible the shoes were when I came along that the, that any shoe you buy now, any track shoe, is like 100 times better than the track shoes we had then. Uh, that The only comfortable shoes I had to run in were Sears Jeepers, which nobody knows anymore, and uh, Hush Puppies, because my feet were not great. But any kind of track shoes were terrible. But I have those memories of tr- trying to make it work, uh, figuring out how I can participate. So, okay, so uh, uh, so when did you get involved in activism?
1: So I, I would say that I've always um, done things that were like in my school or in my college or in my community but I would say when I came to, I moved to Louisville to go to grad school mm-hmm. in um, in the 70s, dating myself here, and stayed. And um, I, I remember clearly my first Kentucky Alliance Against Racist and Political Repression meeting. I had also been doing things in the women's and lesbians community about creating opportunities and space for uh, women together, both political events, social events, sports events, cultural events, and um, and then just bringing all those worlds together in some activism with the Alliance Against Women's Oppression, you may recall a group of little women who organized these International Women's Day events. They were both celebratory and educational, raised money for women and children's programs at home and around the world, and and you know we were uh, black, Latino, white. We were intergenerational. We were straight and gay, and that was the '80s, ka. So you know the uh, I, I do believe that you know uh there's a place where people to come together across our differences and move toward a common vision and 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 a and a common value and um so after you know a, a, after working with that group um you know that things shift things you know things move we we did start the fairness campaign was also a co-founder of as you said the Kentucky Fairness Alliance um Went to Highlander for twelve years. Came back to the Louisville community when I left Highlander, and and my activism mainly, you know, I'm involved in a variety of things, but um, I have mainly been with showing up for racial justice and the uh, Poor People's Campaign. And that Poor People's Campaign, at the heart of it, is that is that is that intersection again. It was in the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King's. Poor People's Campaign. There was a renewed and revived Poor People's Campaign effort launched by Reverend William, Reverend Bishop William Barber and Reverend Liz Theoharis, and and I'm I'm part of it for several reasons. K. A. One, the inter, the intersectional, the the core issues of systemic racism, poverty, the war economy, and ecological devastation, and all of that, sitting in the context of religious nationalism. So much mean-spirited policy comes out of that conservatism, and that 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 um, that Christian conservatism, and and where the and I want to say more about that in a minute, but that Christian nationalism that frames those issues, and and also uh, I real think it's real important that that uh, faith leaders of all traditions and faith step up in this time toward the kind of fair and just and equal world that we want to live in, because too much of it is being hijacked by people who want to pass policies, by faith leaders who want to pass policies to hurt people.
0: Yes, and uh, so very sad, particularly when you try to keep uh, kids from participating in in sports leagues. Uh, um because it takes so much effort to excel that when you ever see somebody that wants to put that effort into it, you should be happy about it.
1: Yeah, I like how you said it earlier, let the kids
0: play. Oh, absolutely, because that's all it is to them, uh, a chance to to, to, to make new friends and to hang out with their friends, uh, try to learn some things and uh, uh, build camaraderie, uh, uh, make friends for life, you know, And develop stories to tell uh, so when you get to the old folks home you'll have something to talk about and so uh, gotta have some stories to tell
1: and that camaraderie comes from being in the trenches together too on the front lines as you well know well activism provides
0: that as well absolutely so uh, uh, so now you reference the poor people's campaign do you have any upcoming events uh for the poor people's campaign yes thanks for the chance to
1: talk about a couple of things coming up well actually three things um we have been doing monthly moral mondays in frankfurt and our fourth one and last one during this legislative session is on monday april 4th at 3 p.m there will be a speak out and an action and people can email us at Kentucky at Poor People's Campaign, all one word, no apostrophe in peoples, just poorpeoplescampaign.org for more information or um, and send us their email to get on our list. But that's Monday, March 4th. And as I'm sure you're making that connection, K.A., and people listening as well. That's the anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. So we will be lifting up the work and the life of, of uh of King the unfinished business of of that of the of. Do
0: you mean April fourth?
1: April. What did I say? You
0: said March fourth.
1: Well, I'm li- glad you corrected me because <laughs> I sure didn't mean to say that. Okay. April fourth, yes. April fourth, Monday, April fourth. I apologize to the listeners because I I know better. Um okay. It it and um. So now so give
0: that, that information again. So what is okay. going on on Monday, April fourth of 2022?
1: Yeah, and that's the first of of um.
0: Moral Monday.
1: More Monday. April 4th, 3 p.m., Kentucky State Capitol. There will be a speak-out followed by an action, and people can participate in that action in many different ways um, or not. They can, you know, provide support in many different ways. But a speak-out starting at 3 p.m., either right outside the front door or in the rotunda. And we hope people really turn out for that. It's the fourth and last Moral Monday during this legislative session. It's been a lot of horrible policies come out of this, this legislation, and we, we've been with many other groups bringing attention to some of those and and um, and calling, calling our state leadership to a different kind of moral purpose. So that's Monday, April fourth, three p.m. State Capitol.
0: That's the second to last week of the. Legislative session. That's right. Uh, that is next week, uh, the week after that on the 14th will be the last day, 60 that's, days.
1: That's right. Then on April 23rd, so this summer, um, KA, the National Poor People's Campaign, uh, you know, there are state organizing committees in over 40 states as part of this campaign, and that's also one of the reasons that I'm really excited to work with the Poor People's Campaign. It's that it's that joint collective effort of the waves of work that's just happening all over the country. So there will be a national march on Washington on June 18th. We are organizing uh, buses from Kentucky. We are having a kickoff event to launch our mobilizing efforts for, toward that march on April 23rd. That's Saturday, the Sunday, the Saturday that is thunder over Louisville. Our it's called the Kentucky Poor People's Campaign Forward Together Community Festival. It's at First Unitarian Church at Fourth and York from noon to four. We have performers, music, and uh, testimony, and we'll have food and. Again, you can like go to our go to our Facebook page in a couple of days, or email us for more information on that. More will be forthcoming, but that's the Forward Together Community Festival, and that's our kickoff for this national march. Now, why do we march? On June 18th, we gather in D.C. not for a moment, but for to mark a day of long and ongoing activism, because 140 million people are poor and low income in this country. And K.A., that's before the pandemic. Those are numbers from before the pandemic. So we know things are only heightened in those numbers since then. We march because of those mean-spirited policies I was talking about. We march because um, we lift up one of the ways that we change the moral narrative is to lift up the voices of people who are impacted by these interlocking injustices. And we march to call on our leaders to a different kind of vision. And we don't just raise issues. All over our website are policy proposals. The Poor People's Campaign National website are policy proposals. We can do it differently. It's not about whether we can or not or can afford to or not. It's about the will to do it. So in collaboration with partners, the Poor People's Campaign is about building that will and that collective power.
0: So, yes. uh, So the Poor People's Campaign and the Moral Monday is something very important to people. Um, So how do you encourage people to stay active when seemingly the odds are against them? That is, for instance, if you live in a red state, for instance. And so how do you encourage people to uh, uh, to stay active? Yeah, that's
1: a that's a good question, and I guess I can um, you know just speak to the. I think it. I think these are really uh, challenging times we're living in. We've watched a lot of progress get rolled back. It is um, there are just uh, um, frontal attacks everywhere you turn, and um, what gives me hope is being in motion on those things and being in motion with other people and and seeing the long the long gains of it now that's that's easier said than done i guess you know like um i grew up working class ka i've never went to bed be you know but i never went to bed hungry i never went to bed cold and so um it, as a society helping to meet people's basic needs the mutual aid that happens in communities the um pushing government for changing policies and And just meeting people one at a time and talking to them about what matters to them when we really sit down and have conversations and listen to what matters to people and that's why the door-to-door deep dive uh door-to-door work of l surge and other groups that are really doing that deep dive door-to-door work is our hope for building these kinds of and you know they did it in georgia they've done it in some other states it's it it really um gives people a chance to be heard it gives us a chance to understand what's going on with people and to make those connections because when you break it down you know um, it, it people care about a lot of the same things and that's having having food having shelter having safety and being able to provide for themselves and their families and their loved ones and, yes. and, and knowing the real reasons when we can't do that, why, instead of blaming somebody that really isn't the cause.
0: But what I found uh, that there's a certain excitement just working with good people on something that's positive for society, because when I first started in activism, I had very little sense of the headcount in Frankfurt you know, it's not something I was really aware of. I was just aware that they were good people that were going to City Hall and going to Frankfurt to try to make society better. And then the more you get involved, then you start studying the process and and you kind of see the head count, uh, you know, uh, 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 Democrat versus Republican, progressive, moderate, conservative, ultra-conservative. The more you get into it, but the real attraction is working with people to that's right. To move society forward. That's right. I mean, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes it's a combination of both because anything a legislative body can do, it can undo. Right. Uh, and right. so... Uh, uh, so
1: I have to keep building that power. You're right. Yes. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, uh,
0: but uh, and the reason I ask you that question is because, uh, you know... Th- uh, uh, this year, uh, I heard people say, even people, paid staff in some organizations, say, "Ah, no point in going to Frankfurt because the uh, old oh, people up there, they're terrible, that kind of stuff. So it's one thing for a volunteer to say it because a volunteer is, uh, that is, uh, if, if you're an organizer, your job is to motivate and inspire the volunteers, but it was another thing when you hear paid staff say, you know, <laughs> so it's like, wow. Uh,
1: well, you know, K.A., in addition to to playing basketball, I coached a little, and in in basketball, there's a thing called the full court press. And so, I like to think of our organizing as a full court press. Yes, we have to do more than just be in Frankfurt during the legislative session. We are not gonna get. We're not gonna change the minds of so many people up there. We have got to change who sets in those seats. At the same time, we also have to be pushing on them, the ones that sit there, lifting these issues up. Because as we're pushing on them, we're also talking to constituents in our communities. We're also, you know, there's educational value. If they're not listening, our, our work is not just about them listening, whether we're going to change their minds or not. It's also about changing the minds of people who are listening to the discourse and people we're talking with. And to make a transformative change in Frankfurt, we've definitely got to change who sets up there. And that just takes so many moving parts, working in unison on so many levels. That's why I like to think of it as a full core press. We need people doing this. We need people doing that. We need people doing this over here and all that coordinated together.
0: So, folks, for radio is... uh it's coming up on 5 year uh, 5 years on uh, April 9th and we need your help to keep us all on the air having a pledge draft, March 27th to April 9th uh got to support what what you love if you like what you're uh, listening to got to got to support it so if you want to support us go to uh, forwardradio.org and if you go to that website uh, what you'll find is, uh, go to the top middle of that screen, and there's a donate to our pledge drive. Just click on that, and and it'll show you how to, uh, uh, to donate. And also, we've got a free birthday party coming up on April 9th at the uh, Tim Faulkner Gallery, uh, which is at, uh, it'll be from 1 to 4 p.m., and the Tim Faulkner Gallery is at? Nine ninety one Logan Street. Nine ninety one Logan Street. So that's April 9th, free party, food, drinks, live music, and speakers. All right. Uh uh oh, oh uh yes, uh, uh so it'll you'll, you'll have a great time, I guarantee it. So all right, uh so uh, Pam, uh so uh so how do you stay motivated all all of these years? What keeps you going?
1: Well, um k a you you touched on something earlier when you said the people you do this with you know it's those relationships you you get in the work together and you build you build love and you build family and you build trust and you you know and 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 that's a and that becomes a political home and um i you know yeah <laughs> It's it's about it, you know it's about hanging on to that hope and and I will say that I'm I'm 68. I will say that when I was in my 30s, I thought I was going to see. I thought we were going to be in a different place in this country than we are now, and I'd be dishonest if I didn't acknowledge that that's also disheartening. Mm-hmm. You know that so it is. So I'm not saying this is easy. I don't have a, I don't have a, you know I I think I have a. Real sense of some of the challenges ahead of us and that we're facing not just ahead of us facing every day um i can't imagine not i can't imagine not um, yeah not 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 trying to um yeah can you imagine if we all we we can't here's the thing we can't outrun this, you know, like we're affected by policies, whether we say, Oh, I can't stand government, I can't stand this, I can't stand that, we're affected by everything that happens, so I just feel like we've gotta be in it trying to shape it because it's gonna it's gonna either happen to us or with us and and um I just, the the people, the, and you know, like I, I heard the other day there was this thing about there's a crisis in creativity, and I don't know, I look around me, K.A., and I just, I just see so many brilliant artists and activists and that combination of art and cultural work that's just so inspiring and so educational, and, and, um, so that also keeps me going is the music, the poems, the memes, the humor, um, that 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 also keeps me going and just and just love
0: absolutely and uh, so you meet so many fantastic people uh uh you know uh Regular people, uh, you know, uh, paid staff, politicians, some people who float between uh, all three of those. Uh, you know, when they may be an activist one day, a paid staff the next day, might be a politician the day after that. So and they float back and then they float back to being a, a regular person. There's so. that full court press. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, uh, and then and the victories are great. Uh, always time to celebrate the victories and the work, too, that went into it, because that's how we develop people, you know, uh, our people develop or use the opportunity to develop themselves, a combination of both. So, yes, so uh, uh, everything we do uh, uh, gives people an opportunity to grow uh, as far as knowledge of their own community, uh, government and how the world works and to add what they know to it. So, so folks, uh, we've been here today with Pam McMichael and uh, one of our Women's History Month guests. Thank you so much for being here with us, Pam.
1: Thank you, K.A. It's been a pleasure.
0: And so, folks, uh, don't forget to go to forwardradio.org and donate. Uh, thank you so much.